had the two tab thing. Oh, it's so bizarre. But thankfully, folks in the chat were saying it wasn't a big deal. So yeah, didn't know. I'm always self conscious about any kind of stre stupid streaming errors. Right. You know, as long as I've been doing this, but <laughs> shit still happens. I got a lot going on. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Frostside Chat, our weekly live stream post session discussion. We talk about what just happened during D and D. This is the chat for session number eighty eight zero of the campaign. Yay. If you haven't watched that session yet, please go do that now because there will be spoilers. I'm your DM, Eric, and joining me we have Val Robbins player Chris. Hello. Edmonds player Raymond. Hello. And welcome to the library. I, first, we need to talk about the Ice Devil situation, I guess. Right. Um, I, I had no plans for that whatsoever. It was just... I could kind of tell because you, you had no leading questions with, with the, like, what do you want well, question. I didn't, like, but I, 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 I was... Like, you, like, usually in those situations, it's like, it's like a, here's some options. Right. But you were just like, no, you tell me. What do you, well, what I was do trying to engage, yeah, yeah folks yeah. like that. And instead, everybody's like, well, I don't know. I don't want... It. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I, I did get worried during that exchange. Where I was like, well, crap. I thought people would be more receptive to asking. I think part of the problem is that... Even though I, having used the creature in my last campaign, know what that is, yeah, I, like no, nobody actively identified that as a devil. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's like, oh well, okay, I, I, I guess none of us technically know. I tried to play it where it was obviously monstrous and otherworldly, but it yeah. wasn't like, you know, it was just having a chat basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't actively like it wasn't like evil. In terms yeah, it of wasn't like, even like, like it like, sounded maybe a little bit creepy, but it wasn't like saying malicious things necessarily. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it was completely optional. Like, you could literally just say, okay, and just fuck off and leave. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's totally up to you whether you want to engage with it and, and how much you want to do with it. So, and now you gave me something to work with. So I, I guess I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's always yeah, fun. I had to make it. a note for that. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of thought as I was doing it, I was like, he, like this, is, this is just way off book. <laughs> I don't know. This may ne never even come back. If I, it <laughs> we, we'll see. We'll see. I got a lot of spinning plates. So we'll see if they yeah. come crashing down. Um, and then I, this didn't, this didn't remind me of, of, I did a very similar thing. I don't know if it was, it was probably Storm King's Thunder, actually. It, it was a very similar thing where it was a, a, a ring of runes around a devil. And he was trying to talk to you and like convince you to come out, like, like free him. But he was just more like straight up evil. And you guys freed yeah. him and he just, he, and he just straight up like killed that, somebody. That sounds familiar. I think it was a shadow devil or some shadow yeah. demon or something. Yeah. That does yeah. sound familiar. And as soon as you let him out, he'd like gut yeah. it. I think it was I think it was Rochelle's character. He just gutted her. <laughs> and then you guys had to deal with him. Yeah. I, I remember what it was. He paralyzed her. He paralyzed her, then he ran up and like auto credited her and she, nice. she went down. But so I was for a half second, I was afraid, like, oh, am I just dead right now? Because <laughs> I've done that. Yeah, no, I wanted to play it straight. And basically, like it would yeah. adhere to the bargains and follow rules, and I just want to see what you guys would do with it, basically. So Yep. We'll see from there. Now, once its bargain is complete, if it can complete it, then who knows? But yeah, yeah, it's an interesting creature. Mm -hmm. So, totally, just an optional, basically social thing that that could have been a combat encounter, and and might have been. I even had you roll initiative initially, but you were uh, Ray. You immediately talked it down. So I was like, cool, that's fine. I, you know, it yeah. was never meant to be a forced combat encounter. So, who would have won anyway? <laughs> if you had thrown down with it, I don't know. Um. I will go ahead and say within the magic circle, weirdly, the circle rules are that it can't move, but it can still attack, but it has disadvantage whenever it tries to cross the circle. Oh. 
but it has reached where it could have hit you anywhere in that tower had you stayed in there and tried to fight it. So it would have just constantly had disadvantage. Weird, so, okay. yeah, I guess we would have seen. I didn't want to find out. I don't know if you can tell me now, but if I had stuck my hand through, yeah, would I have lost it or, or what? No. It, it only affects that creature. Oh. Yeah. So I could have literally like, tried to pull him out. That wouldn't have worked because it would be like it would like be hitting. I, it's hard to describe. Like, yeah, it's like it's it can st- it's weird because it can still hit outside of it and strike people, but it can't move outside of it. So I it's it was I was really trying to wrap my head around how to work that whole situation. Yeah, that's what I was trying to figure out. But then it started getting too long, like trying to put a chair in the path and see what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it was an interesting situation, but at some point I was like, all right, this is going for a long time without, and we I think we got to work some other players into it, but yeah. I'm just going to grab Bal Robin. Yeah, that's fine. I will say, as one small critique, is that yeah. like, the, just by, by the nature of the, the, the one minute tower door thing, yeah. it made it so that like, it was only Raymond doing things for about, Four or five minutes. Then it was only Heather doing things yeah. for about four or five minutes. Then it was only me doing things for about forty minutes, which usually is fine. But yeah. it was just very like like highlighted, like oh, we're the only person in the room. So yeah, like that, and that was, was I think that was in right I think that was in place for the puzzle purposes. So I probably oh. could have maybe turned that off for once the puzzle was complete. But it was supposed to be there, so the person oh, couldn't just to, to keep people oh, I see. to keep people from getting the puzzle that way. You're supposed to be separated, so it's supposed to take right. that long to go through everything. So I was trying to maintain that, but you're right; it did kind of gotcha. make it wonky for the social scene, and I could have just montaged us through it. Um, yeah, and then you, it, ended up, it ended up kind of working out funny anyway. Yeah, because like Varon found out that Edmund had like the room. That was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, the devil's like, yeah, he's already got it. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything going on with that room that Frey went into? Or it's was that just, just straight up a restroom. That if we yeah, it, it's at? a permanent magnificent mansion spell. So it's literally meant oh. to be like a safe room that you can utilize. Basically, maybe we should have long rested in there. <laughs> I mean, we could have. It sounds like it's just a safe place. Yeah, hmm. yeah, just kind of a little safe room to find. Um, so yeah, we finally got to complete it. It's funny that the last two towers, we actually didn't quite get them done in one session. We had to like leave the final thing and the adjuration. It was the, the tomb tapper battle. And then this one, it was the ice devil social encounter. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I had a pretty good idea that you were going to go here next. Cause it was the next thing on your map. And obviously I did the thing of annotating them. So I put it up as a possible location you can go to. Well, I, I like what you're doing too in the in the like what, what do you call it? overland map, I guess. I yeah. suppose. Of the like um, ongoing threat uh, that's uh. sort of m- making it so that we can't just wander around aimlessly. Like we kind of like the way you're describing it is like you know you kind of have to like get from building to building relatively quickly because there's like danger like patrolling the streets. Yeah, I mean, uh, part of that is trying to scale it up for like a tier three thing. So I'm creating. Not only the yeah the big hulking thing moving around, but also the the malfunctioning Mithalar, um, oh, yeah. creating all these dangerous hazards constantly. So I'm trying to create right. some level. I mean, it's difficult in D and D because obviously it's taken you know weeks and sessions are going by. But I am trying to create a level of tension where it's not like you're just on your own exploring this dead city. Like no, it's reactive. It's very dangerous city for various reasons. And yeah, you need to be careful about uh, efficiency and travel and all that. Yeah, without trying to necessarily bog things down with just constant combat encounters right that being said i turned this library into a big combat encounter 
we were due for one. You know, after after two after two locations without a combat, we were due for a. a yeah, that's a fight. true. The, the chain lightning one was technically it was in combat initiative, but it wasn't true combat. It was kind of wonky. And then uh, yeah, the tower was uh, well, mostly. I was talking about the. The magic water. We did the magic water. Oh, pure did, location and then wise. We did the tower. Yeah. Yeah, and both of them were that's combat true. free. That's yeah. true. Yeah, actually, I'd done a. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> I hadn't been in a straight combat encounter since the uh, Tomb Tapper fight, maybe. Yeah. In terms of just a regular yeah. one. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> so, initially, this was 100% me. Um, the book, this is just another social location. Um, and obviously there's, this map is from ForgottenAdventures.net, by the way. This is called Haunted Library. I jazzed it up with some rubble. And there is a, uh, a a weird creature called an Arcanoloth. Uh, You might have used one of these, Chris. Oh, I did use one of these. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of, like, devilish jackal-headed thing. Yep. And it's just here hanging out trying to find something. And it's got this, like, giant penguin with it. And it's been awakened. What? It's it's a fucking Sorry. joke thing. It's so weird. And the penguin oh. like tries to get you to help it, like free it from its master. And so it's a weird like social thing that's probably gonna turn into combat. And I just couldn't wrap my head around how effective this is gonna how, be. It it feels so random. Out. And it even says the thing he's looking for isn't here. He's looking for some like ancient spell or scroll or something. And he just randomly plane shifted here and he's just randomly looking for this thing here. The whole thing just felt like it just doesn't do anything for the story or for this thing. It's it just felt too random to this, me. This is some of that like sandbox bullshit that the Wizards of the Coast tends to do, where they're like, "We're gonna introduce threads. We're not gonna actually like like show you how they play into anything yeah. or show you how to play them out, but it's just threads that you, maybe maybe your character's gonna go off and do this, and it'll be a sandbox, you know, sort of like." You have to figure out where, and, where they go if they choose to ch- chase this guy. And this creature doesn't know anything. It says it literally just plane shifted here like yesterday, and it's just here looking for shit. Like, it's just, it's just I guess if your players are dying for another social scene, but, and honestly, and there was one I, I cut from the prison that was also a social scene. I just cut that prison entirely. Because I'm thinking, gosh, I've infused a bunch of social stuff with the villains that came with you, and then with Nas yeah. being with you, like, and just kind of the automated stuff around you. Like, I don't really feel a need to add too much of that, and there's already stuff that maybe you'll discover further into this uh, city. So I completely replaced that with a more standard kind of battle map. Not even really a dungeon. It wasn't really exploring anything to do. It was just a straight up giant battle map arena. Yeah. And I thought, this is a library. Um, you got to explore the library in an ancient city. And these living spells exist, which is a cool idea in this campaign. What if they originated from this library because of a malfunctioning like book, basically? Yeah. And so then I started thinking, all right. Um, my original thought was you just have to fight these spells. You make your way back there. You know, you're going to loot the room. You make it to the back room. There's more spells. We fight again. And then you realize, oh, shit, this book is slowly spawning the spell. Like one spell comes out of the book. And then during this week's crafting, one of them, I decided, you know what? Fuck that. They're going to be spawning spells every round constantly. <laughs> and it's up to you guys to figure out how to stop that. Yeah. And I try to give some hints if things kept going around. But actually, it ended up working very well that I grabbed Edmund and purposefully yes. sent him back there so he could see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
as Raymond then, was saying, this is like the, the, the villain revealing yes, his plans. So I very like, much ah. was. Because I knew it would be – instantly, you guys were just fighting these things normal. And I was like, oh, this is going to get tedious real quick if I just keep spawning these we things constantly. We would never figure it out. We, yeah. we, well, maybe well, my plan was always like, to be like, you feel magical energy coming from the back. Oh, and hopefully eventually you'd be like, all right, well, something's back there. Something's going back there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> It'd be too hard to learn back there past all the hands. Right, that, and that was the right. idea. Is like you have to. Well, and fuck your horse for making it easy. But that was the idea. Was like in you know, a very video game style, where it's like, oh, there's a, a monster s- s- generating thing in the back room. I have to decide between fighting these guys, but also efficiently. Somebody's got to make their way back there and actually right. take that thing out to stop the spawns. Yeah. But your horse can move eighty fucking <laughs> feet through the air. So yeah, constantly gives me a headache through all these encounters. <laughs> It's a headache during the Chain Lightning Stadium and a, and a headache. He's just, just a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Um, but it, it turned out pretty good because I, I got yeah. enough spells out where it still felt pretty... Uh, a, a well-balanced, uh, tough fight. And this was... Gosh, I didn't know... It's so hard to balance in Tier 3. I didn't know how to throw... How many things to throw at you guys. Originally, that Blade of Disaster was going to be like near the end. It's kind of like the boss here. But I was like, nah, let's just have that be the first spawn that gets spawned in. Mm. And I had it scripted, where it's like round one, a blade gets spawned in, which you didn't see on the map initially. Round two, I think, was a second hand. And then I think that's all. I think you guys actually did it by the end of round two, is we didn't get anything else. Okay. But eventually, I would have basically spawned one of everything through the rounds. Um, and then it did. It wasn't gonna like destroy the current ones. That was still gonna be a battle. But you did get to stop right. the respawning there. Um, the hand is exactly from the campaign. I didn't alter it at all. And it was... The fun thing here is the living Bigby's hand was a boss fight for you guys way back when you were, like, level 5. And now it's, like, a regular creature you're fighting oh, now that you're level yeah, 13. Okay. Yeah. Which I was like that from your Storm Giant, uh, Storm King's Thunder campaign where it's, like, you had to, you know, almost get your ass kicked by one giant and then eventually, like, fighting a couple giants. Yeah. Um, the... Living Demiplane is from the book, but I modified it because it was a disaster of a stat block that didn't make any sense. Is the Demiplane how... the, the, the Void? The Void, yeah. Okay. Like, initially, the the Void, yeah, it just rolls up on you. What's, and what's, What spell is that? I, I, uh, I... Demiplane, which is an 8th level spell. Oh. Oh, wow. I, okay, I had no chance. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had a chance. You, you rolled a 20 well, first and then the disadvantage yeah. is 16, so yeah. Not... That's true. Yeah. Um... But its original stat block was really weird. It only had like 30 hit points and like 10 AC and like all its stats were really low about how it does it. But then it says if it sucks you in, then all the walls have AC of 17 and 50 hit points. So, which is funny, we kept making the joke, can you hit a wall? And I was like, AC 17 is actually kind of high, but yeah, you guys... Yeah, it is. Uh, like, was hitting it left and right. Yeah. So I, was, so I modified it and said, okay... I think it'd be much inter- more interesting if you can't even damage this thing from the outside because everything just goes to the void. It just like sucks right. into the void room. Um, instead, you have to only damage it from the inside. And yeah, if you okay. had if you had all come up with some kind of shenanigans, I would have done something like the walls are shrinking or right. I, I don't know. Yeah, the air starts point, cutting off. Yeah. When everybody was getting sucked in before we realized before I realized that the void was actually able to attack it. Mm-hmm. I literally was thinking, like, okay, if things are getting bad and Valrahman's out here by just himself, jump he, in is, there. he is jumping in, man. Yeah. He, like, we're going to just long rest in this in this void. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I think it would be interesting tactically to have that thing roaming around and, yeah. and basically separate people. I think by the time it didn't, it, it didn't matter too much, but maybe it did. Because I guess Thimbleweed can't, you know, he's having to attack a wall, basically, instead of yeah. anything else. So it kind of takes them out for a hot second. 
it took him and the wolf out, and then it took for a, a turn. It took Celeste. Like villain and Celeste, yeah. 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 You avoided it twice, which is impressive. I jacked its its save up to nineteen. Wow. I'm just like, wow. fucking, this is a void door. It should be it's eighth level spell and it's DC yeah. should be, you know, pretty high up there. I think you uh got out of it twice. Um and then the Blade of Disaster is straight up from the book. I kept it from the book, and it has a fun thing. I'm just I, I probably you will probably see some of these again, but I'm just revealing some of the stats for it because you've already seen them in action. Right. Obviously, you've seen how hard it hits, which is uh nice. And it says if it rolls First of all, it crits on an 18 or higher, which I don't think oh, you can really? do on the roll 20. Right, which is why, if you noticed, every time I was announcing what the number it was, so I would remember. Okay. Because roll 20, I didn't. I, there, I think there's a way to do it on the player character sheet, but not there on the is. NPC a, sheet. Oh, right. Okay. There's no way to say, hey, it crits on an 18 or higher. So I was always hovering over looking and said, okay, I rolled a 16 or I rolled a 10 or something. Because I'm always looking and see, because it wouldn't label it, but I would have to declare, oh, but it actually gets a crit here. Yeah. And not only that, but if it crits, so it normally does 40, 12, a crit would be, you know, that twice. Instead, it just does 12, D12. So it's like a triple attack. That's and crazy. I can't believe that's, I got that off. That's so awesome. I felt so happy as a DM moment. That was that's really fun. Nuts. I can't believe she kept recklessly attacking. I guess she never knew what how low the AC was, but like she had almost no chance of missing, and yet she kept recklessly attacking. I was like, "This is a terrible idea," but it, you know what? It's uh, I appreciate the non meta gaming because she's like, "Frey is always going to recklessly attack." Like that's the whole thing. And I love I love that fight for her. It's like it's like literally like, okay, this thing's going through your yeah. resistance. It's yeah. it's a straight ahead fight. Oh, just you and this thing she that can has... hurt you as bad as you can hurt it. It did. I mean, she had 186 hit points plus her hit points from the feast, which was 10. So she had 197 hit points. I got her down to 12. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because of a couple of those force attacks. And notice how I missed a couple times, too. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> the weird thing is, it's such a, it's the most swingy creature ever. It only has a plus six to hit. But if oh, it hits, wow. it does fucking bananas force damage. Yeah. That's and it doesn't have multi attack, but it, but it also, but it, it, but it gets to attack. It does like, get on other people. Correct. Destroyed. It has an interesting reaction hit where if you're still there, which Frey is the best case because she's not going to be bad. You know, Celeste would be good for that because she could jump she in would. and out. But because I engage with Frey and Frey's not going to leave it, because um, otherwise it uses reaction to a you know the other attack. You're mm-hmm. kind of stuck there getting hit by two attacks. Yeah. So that was fun, and I'm glad I got to engage that earlier because that was that was a brutal fight, but. Yeah. It's also got a good amount of hit points, and but she overcame it. It was fun. The Phantasmal Killers were completely created by me. Um, I wanted to add another different kind of creature, uh, another kind of spell, and, I mean, there's so many cool ideas that we could do. I, I was inspired by Bird Box to create, like, a creature that just turns into something that would freak oh, you the yeah, fuck out, basically. Yes. Yeah. If you, if you look at it, it's like, it fucks you up. It just yeah. fucks you up, yeah, and you're never quite sure. It doesn't ever show you what they actually look like, which is always interesting. So I gave yep. them, like, the permanent blur spell, where it's like, you always have disadvantage attacking them, basically. Um, But, man, I, I had... I think I remembered about Calm Emotions. I'd forgotten about the Hero's Feast effect, though, that just rendered two oh, of you straight yeah. up immune to Frighten. And then I did kind of DM rule that, oh, if you're immune to Frighten, I should have added that on there where it's like you're immune to this basically entire effect because that is flavorfully like what it is doing. It is literally... Like the damage is coming from the fear. Even right? though yeah. I think the spell doesn't say that. I think if we looked it up, 
um, it would probably just immune to the still take the damage. And I probably should have done that because unfortunately it ended up making it really neutered these things. Now, thankfully, by the time I you used were... a lot of spells neutering them though, like yes. it was it was definitely a like resource well, dump. I was gonna say the nice thing is it really gave you important like controlling stuff to do, which I think is yeah. cool that everybody was actually able to fulfill their role pretty well. You were literally in the back like constantly doing the support controller role, or mm -hmm. keeping those things basically pretty shut down. Um, while while at the same time I shut you down from being able to do your usual offensive onslaught because yeah. as you correctly surmise these things didn't give a shit about your they don't uh, have brains. your psychic damage correct <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then, and then the big piece you cast, I don't think ever was able to hit it, but I no, never hit never. the damn thing either, so it was just yeah. hilarious. It, maybe it, it kept the, uh, the other hand from attacking anybody Correct. for two turns. And maybe. honestly, that uh, yeah. uh, summons alone are great for that. For the, if any reason other than that, even if they do no damage, if they can yeah. absorb some blows, like yeah. they've done their work. Sort of I, the perfect I, 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 yeah. re I, I genuinely... <laughs> Another nuts. The big nuts strikes again. <laughs> I genuinely, I enjoyed this fight. I, I liked the mix of like creature types. I yeah. liked that you had like you had like your big brute creatures, and you had your little fuck with you debuff creatures yeah. in the back that were kind of messing with us. Yep. And then you have the very specific creature that was <laughs> fucking with Frey over there. Yeah. It, they all felt very distinct. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't feel like it sort of like. I don't know, like, like, like a lot of times it can feel like, oh, all these creatures just hit you in some manner. Right. We hit back, you know, in some manner. Yeah. And it's just different flavors of attack and AC. This one felt like all three of the creature types felt like four like different technically things. with the, with the demiplane. Oh yeah. Yeah. For absolutely. Yeah. Which is, just like, which is like a roaming environmental hazard. <laughs> yes. Yes. All four felt very like distinct. Like they were doing distinct things they did distinct roles as enemies so we had yeah. to like like treat them differently yeah that's i'm glad you said that that was definitely the goal with using i mean i just thought i, I loved the idea of the living spells um and i thought theming this dungeon around them was was really cool and the idea that there's like spawning out of these like books everywhere was yeah and yeah the one i wanted to, to create myself needed to fulfill a certain um role like my initial idea was like oh i could do like some kind of cool vine whip or you know, entangling right. thing that would be roaming around like a little plant thing. But then I thought, well, gosh, the the hands can already grab you and kind of do that functionality. So having another thing right. grab you was isn't really it. So I kept trying to come up with something. Um, <laughs> somebody in the chat, we were having fun coming up with spells. Was like, well, the fire would be awesome, and I was like, it's a library, man. We can't destroy the books. <laughs> <laughs> this whole place would be fucking destroyed. I can't really do any like super like dev like. You know, evocation-based spells the, like the, that. The problem solves itself. <laughs> yeah, so I had to do something that was so. And and I, we almost um, everybody wanted me to do a slow spell, oh. a, a creature that just slowed people. Yeah. Now that that was a cool idea, but it would, is neat. I couldn't wrap my head around the the physical manifestation of the yeah, slow spell. Right. Yeah. Right. And at that point, I had already come up with the the. Bird box creatures, the phantasmal killer. So yeah. I was like, eh, something that does yeah. like psychic damage and fears you is pretty good. Although, man, you guys were that calm emotions was doing work, but you know it, it does cast cost spells to be able to do it. And and I couldn't concentrate on anything else until yeah. I dropped it. Yeah. yeah, and you know at some point so. it feels good to have your players do the things that they're good at. Like you want your you know barbarians to tank and hit, and your controller to be able to help control the battlefield. Yeah. So even though uh, those things kind of underperformed 
I think the battle itself performed very well. I had a lot of fun running the hands, running the demiplane, just having you guys like, yeah. what the hell is this thing? The sword and Frey, like, just dealing with it alone, like, took her out of the fight, but in a cool way, like, made her yeah. uh, have to deal with that. And then, uh, yeah, dropping Edmund off in the back, seeing the important <laughs> spawn point thing was definitely critical. I And he handled that well, too. Like, yeah, Edmund he, got... He, he, went, he went invisible for a while, so, yep. so the, the hand would leave you alone. And, and healed up to, like, up. half health, and then I... And then you... This thing had, like, so little health, Bray, and then you missed with both attacks, I think, and then it turned around and downed you. I was like, damn. Too confident, because I did have one more potion I could have drank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got two hits, I'll probably do okay. Yeah, yeah, you got some hits off. I mean, even if you only... I don't. I forgot how many hit... I think it had, like, 18 hit points left or something, like, to where you almost could have killed it with one attack, but definitely with two. But yeah, because you missed with both, it was able to down you and yeah you took a bunch of fucking damage because you were a target for a couple of them um thimbleweed took the initial onslaught because he just ran up there but then i don't think i actually targeted him again and then it was just uh edmund and bray that got hit with everything and weirdly while robin back there i knew he just never got hit because he was back there the least targetable yeah celeste i don't uh just randomly never hit her i'm not sure how i never even she never took any damage which is crazy you weren't well you weren't running these creatures as like tacticians yeah so Celeste kept running into the fight. That's true. She, that is kind of her thing. Yeah, she runs so in and she, out. So she was never the closest enemy. To yeah. Them it's interesting because they are kind of mindless, but I did play around with that a little bit in, in having it deposit Edmund far back. Oh, yeah. That's kind of tactically smart, but also just playing as like, oh, I need to get out of this area with enemies and deposit you somewhere where I can kill you. Right. But also as a DM, I'm like, I'm putting you back here to show you <laughs> <laughs> this back so area. For, the thing. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I appreciate all the hand puns in the chat as well. Yes, doing it. The chat loves a those good. They, pun they love source. a good pun. Yeah, and this one was full of the the hand the hand puns. I'm gonna quit with it so bad, I didn't get the chance. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so happy I got to do it. That was it. Just really warmed my DM heart that I got to get that off. It's nuts that you got to do it and it didn't down somebody. Like, I know that's that's the nuts part. That is 80 damage. And Frey just took it all and still standing, which was impressive. 12d12, and she just ate it. Yeah, she just, yeah she... that's impressive. The only one that probably could... Well, I, again, I, Celeste could have taken it. She's got a bunch of health, full health. I mean, and you would have survived. I, could, I, I, I would have survived. Yeah, I, would, I, I, had 90, I got 94. Yeah, at right full health, yeah. 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 But it's still, it's, it's just, it's really painful. I know, and... I mean, I had the possibility where if you guys had got enough rounds, I would have spawned another one of those swords. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We just not dealt with well, it. And, and I had it in my notes, like, be pretty obvious, at least at the end of, like, round two, if they haven't figured it out yet, like, all right, you definitely feel, like, the burst of energy coming from the back of the room every time it spawns a spell. And hopefully you guys are realizing, like, hey, maybe we need to get back there to stop the spawns of spells. I do feel like, though, if, if my, if, if Marbury hadn't handled it, I feel like Edmund would have handled it the next time he went because yeah. you 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 went were you went invisible so I feel like you you were like in a perfect position. That's like, a good okay, point. Not, yeah, we I'm assume not, you were you know, in danger anymore. I thought the purple swirl might have hurt me. Mm. It was trying. If you know, yeah, the, when the horse tried to enter it, I did have it roll a strength save, and uh, yeah. essentially it does hurt you either way. But if you fail the save, it actually hurts you and knocks you away. So you have to keep on trying to enter. That area to, to do that, yeah. As as you were saying, like ah, I gotta get through, yeah. and it's like all this shit's like hitting you. Yeah, I know we talked about not burning down the library, but I I was thinking about throwing a uh, the flame sphere towards the book. 
Would that have worked? I mean, you said the book's not magical. Um, the the whole goal I wrote down is if the book is removed from the lectern, it ends the effect. I kind of cheated a little bit by saying you closed the, the thing, but I think right after you grabbed it anyway. But mm. yeah, so essentially, and the book wasn't magical at all. So whatever you do to remove the book from the lectern would have ended the effect. I wasn't going to be very nitpicky so about it in bur- any way. Burning it up in a, in a, in a sun sphere probably would work. Yeah, and, and especially, you know, again, the player spending a spell slot to do that, spending an action to do yeah. that. Like, yeah, I don't have a problem with rewarding that. I'm not going to try yeah. to make it, uh, you know, overly complicated or anything. Yeah. Especially already since it's already the book, the book itself wasn't uh, magical. That was kind of the joke. Yeah, it's not that the book is mad. It's just a, a random... Yeah, and the idea was this book was just left here, this, like, philosophy book almost, but because it was left on this lectern that does, like, an audiobook thing, and then whatever happened to, you know, the malfunctioning Mythalars just has corrupted this whole thing into... I mean, kind of now, our it... goal is, now our goal is to find, like, some, like, how how to gain godly powers book and put it on the lectern <laughs> and, and all of us just stand around and wait. Right. Is there anything going to happen? Uh, <laughs> find some books. Yep, otherwise it was just a, a danger room, but I do have, you know, I, I gave wanted to give you some uh, treasures for it. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, I fun fact, I actually rolled on the Dungeon Master's Guide treasure table um, for how much treasure it should give you and for all oh. the various rolls I should give. Okay. The only thing I replaced was the one magic I it gave you. The time of opening, I straight up rolled that. And the two potions, I straight up rolled that. This was from Magic Item Table C in the Dungeon Master's Guide. The other thing I rolled, I replaced with this uh, book, which uh, I will go ahead and tease, is from uh, Strixhaven, and I upscaled it. Oh. I thought, it's a library, there's got to be a magic book in here. Nice. Yep. All right. And the other thing you'll be able to do is uh, roll an investigation check to try to find any scrolls that are still usable. Yeah, yeah, How many spell slots was burnt by Volravin for Calm Emotions? I mean... Two for for Calm Emotions. I did it twice. Yeah. Once once when it it was just... uh, You know, just... Uh, Thimbleweed and Marbury in yep. the area. And then Edmund and Celeste both got in there. Yeah. And Edmund got feared. So did it on, then I did it on the whole area yep. again. Yeah. And so just what the a second and level then, and, then, and, then, and then those are second. Yep. And then one, which I, I, I kind of wasted it, but it was, it was also, it was kind of fun thematically though. Then a fourth level spell slot to uh, oh, I'm sorry, fifth Bigby's hand. Fifth level spell slot wow. to summon a hand. To I, like you said, it, it took a lot of hits away. Like it, at least two rounds, that thing was attacking uh, yeah. the hand instead of like Celeste or somebody else. Yep. So, yeah, you were uh, on it. I was I was very pleased with the way it, it turned out. Obviously, the fight lasted longer than I anticipated. With the very end of it was kind of funny, just because you guys couldn't hit these last two hands. Right. Um, and we. Uh, we we ended up going a lot later than uh, I wanted to, but it's also man when you're in the middle of a fight like this and the adrenaline still felt like good, like oh yeah. my gosh, I think we can just power through it. Um, yeah, I, I wish yeah. I was. It, the bad thing is we'd already known the I couldn't like fudge any dice at that point because I can fudge hit points, but I couldn't like say, oh yeah, you hit it now. This yeah. AC <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the problem is you guys weren't fucking hitting it. Like I could yeah. just say the next hit kills it, but then you go like six turns without fucking hitting it. I'm like, well, shit. Yep. <laughs> it's been a lot longer than I thought. What I didn't burn was any first level spell slots because you ah, took everybody barbs. too far away from me to use silver <laughs> bars. That's funny. My one crit that I've literally gotten off in since you've gotten that spell, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, you're able to thwart me every time. <laughs> 
that was the one crit. I didn't even look up the freaking massive damage for... Uh, or no, I get, oh, we remembered it because you guys do that on me, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah, yep. pretty... Uh, Pretty cool, and it was I'm, a good fight. Yeah, it yeah, was a really good fight. It, I was it happy took, with it. We, I think, I think, I think, as Chad is saying, we, we used a lot of resources in the fight, just yes. in general. Yeah, that Health feels good. I mean, level spells. thirteen, it, it's hard to uh, challenge your players and and still have it feel uh, like a, like a fun back and forth, I guess, mm-hmm. without doing things that are like just shutting people down completely, like the whole time. <laughs> right. Only like two crits from your side, though. I think I got the one. I think so, yeah. Um, when was the last time we downed a player? Do you have a guess? Because it has been a while. It has been a yeah. All I can think of is Celeste when she turned to a plant. <laughs> that was the big one. It was the really big one. Oh, that yeah, that was back in sunlight. That's when she fucking died. She died. <laughs> that was our first die. Uh, I'm talking about just going unconscious. Chat, do you have a guess when the last time somebody went down to zero hit points in our campaign? It must have been somebody who made the save because the way I usually remember it is but based on the injuries. I don't remember anybody having an injury in a long time. Most everybody makes the save to where I'm almost like, gosh, do I need to actually... You know what I honestly should do is get rid of the save. If I'm being honest, we should just have, if you reach zero hit points, you get a lingering injury. You get a lingering injury. I should injury, just be yeah. like, like up the difficulty completely and just be like, you know what? No more yeah. save. If you go down, cause the, the, the big metagaming thing in D and D and I know we've discussed this is like, you should never heal people unless they go down. Right. It's just and a waste. By a little bit to, and to then yeah, they, they pop them back up cause they're at full strength, or whatever. And the idea is this um, punishes you for going down to zero hit points, but you guys right. keep making the save. And some folks like, you know, Frey have like a plus, 10 or 12 to their con. Edmund's got a plus 7. Like, yeah, Edmund's got a plus 7. Yeah. Like, you're rarely going to actually miss that save. And that save has never scaled as you guys level. Yeah. So now I'm considering in the next campaign, maybe it'll be like, hey, fuck it, there's no save. If anybody reaches 0 hit points, you're getting a lingering injury. I feel like that's, that's valid. Yeah. I, I do. I, and it makes it a little it bit also, more scary. It also, it also takes away some of the... Not unfair, but it takes away some of the punishment that, that goes towards... The, the weaker classes. Yeah, they don't that, have that, the cons. That, the the, the saves, rules really yeah. do favor the martial classes because, yes. like, okay, so that means that my bard's going to get a lingering injury every time. Right, yeah. Down should give exhaustion. Are you going to lead to death quickly? You know, exhaustion is something we don't play with very exhaustion much. Exhaustion is very tricky. You really got to be careful with exhaustion. Yeah, I agree. It can be very. I, I, and I've actually yeah. used it a lot in this campaign, I think more than we ever have seen mm. in this campaign, but. It's it's a tricky thing. I mean, a lingering injury is bad too. Like it's, but a lingering yeah. injury you can technically cure. And well, maybe is a lingering injury worse because it technically goes beyond long rest, whereas exhaustion is always cured beyond. by a long rest. So it's an interesting yeah, thought. Yeah. I just think one level of lingering, in, in, uh, sorry, one level of exhaustion. Almost nobody cares about weirdly. Like disadvantage on ability yeah. checks is a pain in the ass, but for combat, it almost never. Um, affects you, although I think it is supposed to affect you on initiative, because that is an ability check, oh, right. but nobody ever remembers that. But then multiple levels are what really kills you, but then multiple levels are bad because you only cure one per long rest. Right. Um, the answer... Uh, do you guys have a guess? Yeah. I don't remember. I really don't. Last time somebody reached zero hit points... 
Um, I keep track of all these because I've got the stats. The last time somebody reached zero hit points was session 67. Uh, Celeste oh, went wow. down in the PvP arena f battle we had. Oh, the, the, like the, the fake village thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. And then before that, it was obviously the, the near total party wipe we had in the Lost Spire situation. The, the... Against the flesh mound thing. The flesh mound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this meant. <laughs> I got you. you. Know, the thing, the thing with the, yeah. the, 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 the appendages and the... I might have missed another. I'm trying to keep track. It's hard when everything's going on to keep track of all the stats, but right. I know, I know. Frey got a crit. I don't know if anybody else got a critical hit on your side. There were some saves. There was a lot of there. nat twenty saves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thimbleweed got one. That's right. Hmm. I missed that one. Oh right. All right. Uh, anything else about uh this session? Um, it, it's funny how. You know, we're in the end game with Etherin, but there's just so much content here, and I just love this area so much. There's a lot of neat things to do here, and I keep expanding on all these areas, and I'm realizing, right. like, I can't do this to every area, because we'll just never get through this you place. You could, you could. It, I mean, it's I mean, fun. We're, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, yeah, it's a big we're tier three ourselves. dangerous city. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Um, pacing is always something, I guess, I'm thinking about in terms of the... Mm overarching campaign but it's funny like when reese was asking me like you know how many sessions we have left you know when we first got to ether and i'm like yeah I... <laughs> you guys hard go through say. one building per session it's hard to say I, right point. like we're five sessions into ether right now and how much uh you know we've done a handful of the locations actually that's a good question five sessions in ether how many buildings have we done like uh seven? like locations yeah six seven the tower of abjuration the chain mm -hmm. lightning stadium the House of the Arcane, which was the academy with the goblet. The Tower of Conjuration. The Library. Uh, and we could probably count the Spire entrance, the gate, because that did take a, a fight should. to get yeah. to. So that's six. So six in five sessions. So we're, we're literally averaging like one location like 1. per 1. session. 1.1 session or something. Yeah. 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 A little over one a session. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um... Yeah, I, the pacing is going to be a tricky thing. I, I will say that I'm probably not going to have turn a lot of these into like big battle arenas like I did with the library, but I, I just thought that was such a fun uh, location to do that with. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, and then I guess we'll well, I'll I'll, pre I'll prep. I, I I assume you guys are going to the arboretum next because that's right next door, and you know you have to go there. But it's a fair guess. That'll be prepped, and I think I'll be prepping the next tower as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm actually way ahead of things. I'm, I'm prepping well beyond that at this point. <laughs> I imagine you would be in this sort of situation. You guys like, are going pretty, you know, relatively slow. So I actually have the freedom to to prep pretty far in advance, which has been uh, yeah. nice for me. Let's get to session 100, man. I uh, <laughs> tomb went to 80. I want to say 87. And I mean, are we going to go more than seven sessions? Right now, it looks like yeah, probably right but we'll see i don't think we'll make it to 100 that would be crazy uh, yeah, <laughs> but i this one yeah. may go down as our single longest campaign i could definitely see that happening um yeah. both session wise and possibly chronologically wise because it would be end of april i believe mm. uh that we started this campaign uh That's in nuts. 2021 yeah two years wow. i know these are yeah. big commitment it's it's been a blast it's it's been a lot of yeah. fun and and 
you know, Ethern was a definite location that was fun to do. So mm-hmm. I know I keep seeing people that are like, oh yeah, I just finished around the frostmation after 20 sessions. I'm just like, my jaw hangs open. I'm like, how the fuck? How would, well, yeah. I mean, the, some people have well, like okay. four or six or eight hour sessions, but still. Yeah, some people like spend like an entire day on a session. Sure. So they may get through, but, but even I feel then, like the average one is like up? three to five. Yeah, how do you level up in those scenarios? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, that, that seems crazy to me. But I mean, fifty-five I'd, I'd sounds. Love, I'd love to. I'd love to get into the logistics of how that works. Like, uh, yeah, I yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not running anything extra, and you're streamlining, and and maybe there's part your party is just ignoring a lot of stuff. They're not doing that, and they're just beelining. You know, right. maybe that. Which you guys, more like me, treat it like an open world video game. You're like, oh well, I'm obviously doing all the things. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're not gonna skip any content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But our I think, DM must have put time into it, so it must be <laughs> worth our time. I mean, and the nice thing is on this map, I, if, I, if I've got a question mark on it, then I want you to go there. Exactly. If there's not a question yeah. mark on there, then it's just <laughs> set dressing, and you can fucking ignore it, because I'm not doing anything yep. with it. So that's the big clue. Yep. That's the, I, I think the one we were asking about last time, or two sessions ago, was that gate-looking thing? Like a gate to go somewhere? Yeah. Like, what's that? And like, oh, the, that's... There's no question mark on that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> There's nothing you can do there. <laughs> At yep. least right now. Don't burn out on a given commander a year or so. I I, I haven't felt burnt out mm-hmm. yet. You know, it's uh, with two. I will say the two that the last two I've run, this one and Tomb, have both ended very strongly. I think that's helped. Oh, Tomb yeah. had a mega dungeon at the end, which was all kinds of fun to run. You know, the Tomb of the Nine Gods was just amazing, I thought. And then this one, I really like Etherin. I think it's a, a really fun, uh, you know, Lost City location. So I think it helps yeah. to, you know, look, keep looking forward, looking forward, looking forward, and almost have, like, your favorite area as a DM, like, be at the end. So you've got the energy to see it through. Now, ask me another five sessions if, you know, if you're <laughs> like, all right, seriously, so we need to get through this. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll see. But, yeah, so far I've... I'm still good, but we'll see. Gosh, this is a 45-minute Frostlight chat. It is so late. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, thank you to Chris and Raymond for joining me. Thank you to all the fans for watching, and we will see you all next week. See you then. Bye.